Blog Talk Radio. shocker the shocker is how he did it knocking out chris eubank jr who was trying his best roy jones impression we'll get into that we'll talk a little bit about the undercard stuff as well and then we do have a fight here on espn plus um a true uh it's beater biev or is it bartura biev but bartura biev i don't remember but i'm going with peter biev uh, against Anthony Yard, like I said, that's going to be on ESPN Plus. The Zone has a card that we'll talk about. It sounds like there's going to be a replacement um, opponent as well. Um, speaking of replacements, Broner's got a new replacement. We won't get into that too much, but we have a variety of fights that are deep in talks, or they're a done deal. Some of these fights we kind of knew were going to take place like the Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, March 25th in Las Vegas. See, I can't even talk. I'm so excited about the fight. It's a great fight. March 25th, Vegas. Can't wait. And then we heard, and this is all last week, Inoue and Fulton in Japan, May or June. And it's funny. I, uh, You know how life got in the way. I, I had some technical issues on Tuesday night. Did my show Wednesday, ended up getting called in a little bit, and uh, didn't have time to have Jake on. Sure enough, Jake, my guy, Jake Donovan, was going to announce, to break the news of the <laughs> of the fight here on the podcast. So I appreciate that, Jake, for, for giving me the opportunity, even though it didn't work out. But yeah, Inoue and Fulton, I was hoping it could happen in 2023. We were actually going to talk about that on the show that night in that day. We were going to. We were going to be like, all right, let's, let's check this out, you know. Let's see. But, man, wow, what a big, big fight. Kudos, you know, for, for both guys getting it done. Um, like I said, it's not 100% finalized per se as far as the date and all that announced. But it sounds like it's it's it's, it's going to happen. So, anyway, in full, man, that is 
Holy shit, that's a great fight. There are other fights that we'll talk about as well. Anthony Joshua, a.k.a. AJ, now in Texas uh, training. Um, he's got an opponent. Sounds like he's, go- he's just basically finalizing the opponent. April 1st at the O2 Arena. Give you my thoughts about it when we get there. Um, and we do have a variety of other current fight news to talk about. Um, and, and, you know, a little bit of boxing Twitter. A lot of people are looking real dumb with some of these fights and Showtime's going out of business and what they were saying about Fulton prior to this NUA Fulton stuff. It's, but hey, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get those views. You gotta get those views up. You gotta get those retweets. You gotta, you gotta grift. You know what I mean? I can't hate on the grifters. They just irritate me. That's all. <laughs> anyway. Like I said, there's a variety of stuff to talk. We'll talk in the ring first, though. If this is your first time listening, before we get to it, to uh, the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope and download the show directly there. If you want to, that's great. You can find, though, under a variety of different platforms, the Rope and Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, tune in. Still get a lot of listens from there. Spricker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, and a variety of other places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Phil Boxing, and Eastside Boxing. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you have, and you know, you're not quite happy about it, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Uh, you can get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live TV channels for a limited time. You know how they do with these limited time deals. Save $120 over your first year when you get any package and buy our DirecTV streaming device. Sign up today um, and, you know, choose the DirecTV package that's right for you. You know, there's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Sign up today and save that $120. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay. So I got to admit, you know, I'll just fully admit that I – a couple things. A, a lot of people, you know, are um, talking about, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, as far as the weight train, um, you know, especially the, the fight before as he made his weight down to – you know, that catch weight and whatnot. And although he had fought at 160 somewhat recently, of course, you know, he'd been at 168 for a while too. A lot of people making excuses for that. It is what it is. Now, obviously, Liam Smith is not, you know, a welterweight like Conor Ben was going to be. But I would blame um, the Roy Jones looking style he had on before I'd blame um, the weight. The weight is what the weight is. He said he was going to be okay. Uh, You know, you can't troll and eat fried chicken and then be like, ah, it was weight drinks, you know. Um, But yeah, right away, (laughs) Eubank, his left, you know, Eubank Jr.'s left hand was just super low. and, And like I said, he was just giving me Roy Jones vibes, and not in a good way, you know? 
but he was literally mimicking the style, and there's a difference of training that style, uh, practicing it, you know, repetition, right, and maybe taking on the lesser fighter, uh, you know, at the time. And it's just time and time again, we do see this. There was a little Floyd shoulder roll in there a little bit, but yet he wasn't, you know, covering the shoulder. You got to cover your chin with the shoulder if you're going to do the shoulder roll. And some of that stuff that he got caught with, not that he's a great defender, but it felt like he was in between styles, or at least, like I said, mimicking a style that he wasn't 100% comfortable with. The only time I thought he looked really comfortable, Eubank Jr., was the third, his jab, and multiple right right uppercuts, uh, whether it was coming off the ropes or kind of at range. Um, there were, you know, there was a little couple of times, moments, whatever you want to say, where he's actually pushing them back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had, you know, the high guard coming with some jabs and, and, and just, uh, pressure. That's what Smith was bringing. Pretty smart pressure. Um, you know, like I said, it was a really, it was kind of slow to be honest with you in the first round or whatever. He did. I gave Smith the first round. I thought he just landed a better punch or two. Wasn't much, you know, pretty slow second round. Um, Gave him the third, though, uh, Eubank. So the second round, round could go either way. Um, but, man, the myth, the, like I said, it's not that he won like a complete shocker. I, I didn't think he'd win. And if I, if I thought there was going to be a knockout, I thought it was going to be, you know, a TKO for Eubank Jr., not on him, not getting knocked out. Um, so a lot of people are talking about the left hook that missed that was an elbow. Surely that didn't help, no doubt about it. But there was a, a straight right hand because um, he landed a straight right hand. And, you know, that kind of like stung him and he had his head away. You can kind of tell like, oh, man, like you could, you could tell it affected him. And then he's moving his upper body, which, of course, you're going to do. But there wasn't necessarily a rhyme or reason, per se. Like he was just... Sometimes you move just to move. Well, shit, I got coming at me. I'm going to move like Roy or Floyd. But he just, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. That right hand stunned him. And then what was it? A hard uppercut. Um, but the left hook and the elbow, yeah. After he got hit by that right hand, that left hook, the missed elbow, yeah, that definitely had something to do with him getting more hurt. But then, like I said, to follow it up and that uppercut, when he went down, I mean, he was he, his legs were gone. Credit to Eubank Jr. Jr. showing heart, but his legs were really gone. So, um, you know, it is what it is. He, he was done. He, he walked out there, and they let him go, and it was like a flurry of shots. TKO, it's over. And there was a moment where Eubank Jr. kind of charged at Liam Smith as if I'm still in this fight, you know. Um, which, you know, it happens. I don't think he was being a dick or anything like that. And once he kind of uh, regained his composure, not just composure, but his, you know, his mind, he did go over there and and try to hug it out and whatnot and all that. But um, what a great win for Liam Smith. And I got to admit, like I said, I just didn't see this coming. I thought it'd be entertaining and all that, but I thought that Eubank would win. I really did. So, you know, 
Shouts out to Liam Smith. Great upset win. Um, like I said, it's not some major upset if you look at the betting odds, but I guess just the way he did it, you know? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen or studied every fighter that Roy Jones is with currently or helps out for a camp or two or whatever. So I don't know, you know, I can't sit there and say he's training everyone to fight like him, but you shouldn't, you know, you you can't fight like him. No one can fight like him, really. You know what I mean? And if you're going to use that style, you got to do it for a long, long time. And there's that old story. (laughs) And the fundamentals, like, you have to be lightning quick. Eubanks not slow, but he's not lightning quick. Nobody's, you know, barely anybody's as fast as Roy Jones in his prime. And you got to have, and we saw some of the fundamentals with his defense as he slowed down, as he aged. It wasn't as good. He couldn't get out of the way. But back to the story I was going to tell, everybody knows the story, if you know Roy Jones, of his pops, you know, and how he got a a two-by-four and put nails on it and would swing it at Roy. Now, you know, that sounds bad or whatever. And, and yeah, you, you probably shouldn't do that to your kid or anybody, right? Of course. But it happened, right? And it happened a while ago. It probably wouldn't happen nowadays. Maybe, you you know, social services would take you or whatever. But, it, it you know, it, it, it worked. <laughs> you know, I'll say that. It worked because he knew how to move his goddamn head. That's for sure. Um, but, like I said, you just can't. And I'm not blaming it solely on him trying to mimic Roy, but he was he, he had it down good uh, for mimicking. Um, and, and I think the only thing besides that uppercut, little multiple uppercut series that he had in the second round or third round, um, I did think he was timing him pretty good with the jab. And he was fainting him and stuff. But uh, like I said, Liam Smith, man, that was a big shot. And, and, and before – and when we say, oh, that should be a, a disqualification because of the elbow, if you watch enough boxing, shit happens, dude. Let's not just all of a sudden, oh, that's why he got knocked out. Well, he got hit pretty – he was affected before he got hit. Now, did that mess up his equilibrium even more? Hell yeah, it did. And he definitely elbowed him. I'm not saying he tried to. He just – he did, though. Some people are denying that. He did, but that's boxing, dude. Shit happens. You get hit. The back of the head, side of the head, on the hip, too low. It is what it is, dude. We see this shit. If you're watching up boxing, and I'm not going to proclaim I'm the hardcore of the hardcore, you know. But, you know, if you're watching up boxing, dude, that's what happens. You know what I mean? That's what happens. So, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. There's just not much, you know. Not much else to say about that, i got to admit. Um, yeah, so, you know, Chris Eubank Jr., should he, should he give up? Should he be done? That's up to him. Totally up to him. Matters what he wants to do. Matters if his mind's in it. There's a lot of things that go to it. Um, so it is what it is. Liam Smith, he's going to get a big fight. He's definitely going to get a big fight. Now, do I think, you know, he should fight Triple G or something like that? Because a lot of people thought Triple G and Eubank Jr. were going to fight. You know, it is what it is. I mean, if that happens, I understand why, you know, takes the fight. 
Um, it would be a little strange just because, you know, the Arislami Lara stuff, supposedly him signing, you know, a report of any way of Golovkin signing something, you know, in Australia. I mean, all sorts of shit. So either way, like I said, shots out to Liam Smith. That that was nice, man. That was nice. That was a, that was a big win for him. Um, on the undercard, we did have that uh, Richard Riakpour going against Globoski, Christoph Globoski. Um, first round was pretty slow. Second round, I'd say like maybe a little past the midway point, a big right hand stumbled uh, Globoski. Third round, you could see he was starting to land uh React for he was he was starting to re, you know land that right hand more and more um, to close that third round though I did think Globoski you know landed his uh, left hand and, and and actually had some success in the fourth round early and mid in that round he, he was definitely game um, and you know the body in head with the right hand was was starting to come you know. Come correct, I guess you could say, to, to use an old-school world uh, word. There's a, a right hand to the body and head, followed by combinations, and then just a chopping right hand. Um, you know, it was an early stoppage. It definitely, no offense, UK fight, fight fans, it was an early stoppage. I would say that's that's fair. I don't think that's, you know, going out on the limb or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I did think that, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, it was an early stoppage, but I didn't think he was going to last a whole lot, you know, longer. Now, as far as, you know, I talked about him a little bit. I think he's now 16, you know, with 12 KOs. Um, you know, he's, he may be just a, you know, his shoulders are huge. You know, he may be a little too muscular, you know, at times he does, He's a little stiff. He's not all that fluid. But other times you say, oh, wow, that was that was a pretty fluid punch. That was pretty nice. Um, defense, mediocre at this point. Um, but Lawrence Acoli, is that next or is it next next? It sounds like they're going to fight later in the year. I don't know. Acoli sounds like he had a fight lined up. I know he's got some issues, you know going on with this contract and whatnot with Eddie Hearn. But uh, that, to me, that was like, that was something. You know, that, that, that was something that he handled, you know, a solid fighter. And that, or not that he did that, but that would be something to watch. Because I, I, I like that one. Because I do, I think Richard does have some potential. And he's now beating some solid guys and, yeah, I want to see that fight. Hopefully it's next. I'm not really sure if that's going to be the case, though. Um, I did actually did actually see, um, you know, a little clip of them talking. I actually, this is Boxer with two X's, you know, the promotional company for Sky. Uh, two monster cruiserweight punchers are all set to collide later this year. So, I guess they're all set. Now, like I said, it says later this year. <laughs> so we know how that can be. What What's later this year? You know what I mean? 
Um, another fight I want to talk about is that uh, Chris Congo in Ekao. Is it Esuman? 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 That was a competitive fight. I gave Congo the first round. I thought he landed a, a couple of nice right hands. He was kind of switching up a few to the head, a few to the body. Um, then I thought um, Esuman kind of doubling up his jab, kind of early, nice, crisp jabs. But, you know, mid to late, I think he was doubling and tripling jab a little bit. The third was a, the third and fourth were pretty close. You could have maybe broke even with both of them. It was kind of slow, to be honest with you. Then I thought that um, Isom won the fifth and sixth, that jab right hand, some left hooks in there too. The sixth round featured some give and take, don't get me wrong. Um, but Isom, or Isom would get him on the ropes more and more, and he, a lot of his flurries were kind of like shoe shines, but he was also uh, finding that overhand chopping right hand uh, to the head as well. Then I thought Congo... Made a nice run. I gave him the seventh and eighth. Uh, you know, his, his his movement in his landing with the jab was better, I thought. Um, it just seemed like he was a little, I don't know, he's just a little sharper in those rounds. Um, that lateral movement. And at times even pushing him uh, back, Congo was. Then I gave the, the ninth back to uh, Ekao, um hooks to the body and then later some hooks to the head. He just was out working him. He would get him on the ropes and really go to town. Maybe not with just the most damaging stuff. There'd be a left hook to the body that landed good. Then he kind of, like I said, shoe shine, keep him on the rope, try to keep him in position, hit him with an overhand right or a hook. Um, and, you know, in the 10th and 11th, it was uh, competitive, but it did slow down again a little bit. I thought um, Essam nicked the fight, you know, nice right hands. And, and just, clo- you know, to close stronger in that 12th round. The last minute or so, I think he landed enough right hands, too. I had it like 7 of 5, something like that. Um, so now he's 19 and 0 with 7 KOs. So we'll see where he goes. But it was a competitive fight. It was a good fight. I liked it. To- uh, I was going to say Tony Parker. Um, well, I actually, I just did, didn't I? Uh, Joseph Parker over Massey. I got a buddy named Massey, Johnny Massey from uh, – from Miss or no, from well, he went to Old Miss, but he's from Tennessee. And you know, people that are you know from uh, the states here, you know, some people from the South, you know, they get called rednecks, or people all over the place get called rednecks. My buddy wasn't a redneck, but he literally had this big red birthmark on his neck, <laughs> and he was from Tennessee, so it's like, yeah, he's a redneck. Anyway, um, you know, he handled business. Uh, Clark handled business, not a not a ton to talk about when it comes to that, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was a an interesting card, pretty good card. I, I didn't realize that that was pay per view. Um, I mean, not for us, you know, in the states, it was on the zone, luckily. But I didn't realize was that like a is that a full price pay per view or maybe twenty or thirty bucks, uh, twenty five bucks or something like that? Because doesn't it? It gets as high as 30 now, right? Um, but I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that that was a, a paper. That kind of not, – that surprised me, that's for sure. But, you know, just in general, um, you know, it is what it is. But everybody else 
you know, um, on the, I guess you could say on the A side, won pretty cleanly. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a good, it was a good card. It was, it was pretty good. It, it worked for me. I, I liked what I saw, liked what I saw. Um, oh yeah. What am I thinking? Um, we have the Showbox card, which was a very interesting card. I really, uh, you know, I like that card. That was good. Uh, Julian Gonzalez against Morales. Rosal was it or yeah, Morales, but I think it was his first name Rosalindo. Rosalindo, Uh, Morales and Gonzalez. Um, Gonzalez pretty much, you know, um, in the first round. Besides a couple of good, you know, decent lands by Morales, pretty much dominated him. Uh, Actually, first round he scored a knockdown. I forgot about that. Scored a knockdown, right hand, right at the bell. It was a solid knockdown too. Some back and forth in the second round, no doubt. Um, but the, you know, the back and forth, it was, the sharper of the two was definitely Gonzalez. Straight right hands. Um, land really clean in that last minute of the second round. Um, but Morales was showing heart. I mean, third round he definitely did. But Gonzalez, once again, you know, winning it. Better, better shots. A right hand. Kind of stretched the neck head back a little bit. And not long after, they called the fight. And that was, what, the fourth round? He did, His neck did stretch a little bit, if we're being honest. Now, you know, could you, could you say that was a bad call or they called it early? Yeah, I understand um, for the folks that think that. I get it. You know, I don't, I don't think it's uh, – it, it was a little early, but – also, like I said, I, I don't know, man. I, he did he, that freaking right hand in his neck and head really snapped back. So I don't know how many more shots he was going to take like that without them stopping it or without, you know, Morales getting effective. But I could understand, especially being an unbeaten fighter, um, you know, didn't come in. What, he came in with only like, I think he was 9-0 and with like not many, I think two KOs or something like that, three KOs. So, whereas, you know, Gonzalez, he's knocked out. Every, uh, all his wins are knockout, I should say. What is he, 9 one one Yeah, 99 knockout. So, um, good performance there. Pretty one-sided, though, overall, as far as winning rounds. Then you had um, Brusov against Oberton. Um, and Oberton's, <laughs> he's got a 79-inch reach. Sometimes he uses it, sometimes he doesn't. But um, he's got this funky style, man. And... The way he moves, it's awkward, it's effective, but also there's times where he just he gets out of position. Some of his punches come off real clean. Other times you're like, ooh, you know? I don't know. It's an interesting fighter, though, that's for sure. I believe this is at 175, correct? So I gave um, RTM, RTM, I think that's the first name, Bruce Off. I gave him the first round. Um, he did have a bad cut, though, right away. Um, but to me, Overton didn't really, beyond the jab and a straight left hand, didn't really land much clean. Um, then, you know, the jab started landing a little bit better. Left hit, hook, leaping, or looping left hands, too. Um, counter that he was doing. I thought that was, it, he really found his distance quite early. He was jabbing with variety. 
And like I said, at a distance, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's where I was like, okay, wow, he's kind of using his reach there. Or he is, you know, and, and he was landing really well. Through four, I may mean, give him the fourth round. I gave him pretty much every round after that. 66 to 27 through, you know, four rounds. Um, I think to close out the third, though, there was a late right hand to close. Um, but a left hand to the body um, definitely made, you know, Brunson, you know, react. It was like, ooh. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of more of the same, you know, jab with the right hand, hooks, counter, you know, looking good, fifth and sixth. Um, Brunsov or Brusov, you know, he's able to have some success. It was limited, though, um, outmaneuvering him, outworking him, step back, then pushing him forward, kind of like we mentioned those other fighters. So um, the seventh round was a tad more competitive, I did think. Um, and then, you know, a few good right hands in the last round. Um, I think the right hands were like straight and hooks, um, by Bruce off. So he was competitive. It was still a good fight that way. The last 30 seconds or so he was landed hooks with both hands, uh, more left hands to close along with, you know, some flush, flush left hands from Overton. So he won pretty cleanly, 79, um, 78, what is it, 70, 79, I think it was two 78-74s and a 79-73, is that what it was? Yeah. So pretty clean win there. But, yeah, when he throws, sometimes when he throws his uh, his his right hand, he could, throw, he could throw it straight and stuff, but sometimes it comes at this weird angle where it's, it's just not efficient, you know. Other times, though, Overton looks great, you know. So I, I really I want to see where he goes. I think he's a an interesting fighter. And like I said, that reach is ridiculous. And that range and stuff, I, I, I liked what I saw. You know what I mean? I, this is the, I've seen him a couple times now. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of fights. I think he's only got like seven or eight fights. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. It was a pretty clean win, obviously. And, uh, you know, we'll see where he goes, you know. I, did, I didn't I did see it, but I heard Moses Johnson in, in Terrell Woods. I think it's Terrell James Woods. I heard they had a draw, a split decision. Um, if anybody has, you know, a link to that or something, or if it's on, you know, online, that'd be dope. That would work for me. That'd be cool. Um... So, and that was the main event. I saved the best for last, though. Um, Hempfill and Stevens. This is uh, at 154. This was a good fight. This was the best fight of the card. One of the better fights this year. Um, you know that um, he was he was kind of like Hempfill was jabbing pretty well. At times, he was moving a whole lot, um, but, you know, he, he did a pretty good job, uh, you know, of tripling, doubling sometimes only, just to, you know, his shots. I thought he did a pretty good job with that. Uh, Stevens, uh, it was kind of like a nice left hook, and then I think late there was a right hand, but I didn't I didn't think it was good enough to win the round. I thought Hemphill won that round. Um, I gave Stevens a second one, but both of them were really, really competitive, if we're being fair. Um, 
And then it was back and forth. I gave uh, David Stevens. Both guys were unbeaten at Showbox, right? So that, that's, you know, that happens. Um, the early part and then later, he really was starting to land hard punches in that third round, I thought, Stevens. Um, and in the fourth round, Stevens closed stronger. But to me, the jab and a few nice right hands, that pr- it was a close round. I gave that to him, Phil, but um, close round, like I said. These were close rounds. Um, the fourth and fifth to him, filled. Then I gave Stevenson the fifth and sixth. Um, to me, he, he just, you know, just, you know, like, or not outlanded him, but like, Hempfield would get off to a good start, kind of look pretty good, and but the better overall shots with Stevens. So I gave him the fifth and the sixth. Uh, both of them in the sixth landed really, really big right hands in the first 20 or 30 seconds of that round. Stevens followed it up, though, with a big right hand and a left hook that definitely stunned uh, Hempfield a bit. And I forgot to mention this. You can start to see Stevens having problems with the shoe. He had a major problem there at the end where the, the bottom of the sole was coming off. He was all sorts. Of, I think they just tore it off. Um, but, you know, the seventh round was really close. You had really good body work. Um, but from uh, Hemfield, but he was also getting hit when he was on the in, you know, going on the inside to land good punches. The hooks and overhand rights by Stevens, that may have done it. I really don't know who won that round. That was a close close round for me. And then, I mean, fifth round or eighth round, Stevens, flush shot after flush shot, hooks. You know, I think it was a left hook. Um, and, and you can see Hemphill just, he looked done. He was, he was done, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, he looked pretty done, too. So, that was, uh, like I said, that was the fight of the night. The upset in knockout definitely had something to do with the Liam Smith stuff, but I'd say that was the fight of the weekend. A showbox card, just in a variety of ways, definitely uh, was good. It, w- it was very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was a good, uh, good night of fight, so I, I came home and was able to watch a decent chunk of that that night, just um, watch it on Friday night, and then I kind of piece by piece watched, um, you know, those other three fights along with some, uh, you know, I didn't watch the whole Parker fight because once you saw a handful of rounds, you pretty much knew how it was going to go. And, you know, he didn't, I don't know, he just didn't really look like he wanted to stop this uh, Massey dude. You know, he didn't really look like he was going to go for it too many times. Um, But, you know, he got 10 rounds in. I think it was a 10-rounder. But overall, uh, you know, a pretty good fight weekend, I thought. I thought it was a pretty good fight weekend. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, Caleb Plant and David Benavides, March 25th in Vegas. Um, anyway in Fulton, sounds like May or June in Japan. I mean, that that's a great fight. That's a great fight. I mean, you could put Fulton in a most people have them at least in the top 15. Some people have them in the top 10 pound for pound. You got to at least make them top 15, you know, in my mind. But, you know, some people are different. But anyway, has that argument, you know, it's a good debate. But he has that argument, especially in the last chunk of years of, of being number one in the world, uh, pound for pound. So yeah, we can argue, you know, Usyk, you can argue Crawford, you can argue, well, I wouldn't say Canelo. 
I think maybe Canelo, I think anyway probably took over the mantle from Canelo in my mind once he lost the Bibble. No, I didn't knock, you know, Canelo out of the top ten or top five for that matter. But um, I think anyway, you know, I think he's got a good. I think he's got a. I think he's just fought better competition um, than Terrence Crawford. You know, um, Spence obviously is up there as well. So yeah, I mean that's a phenomenal fight. That that is a great great fight. And so we're going to talk about a variety of other you know, fights that are getting made or close to getting made. Um, Connor Ben, there was a report that we'll talk about that he allegedly is not cooperating with UCAD. Um, so he gave all this information, um, at least that's what he said, uh, to the WBC, over 200 pages of proof that why he had what he had in his system on the BADA testing, right? But there was a report we'll get into a little bit later that allegedly that he's not cooperating with UCAT. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into a little bit a little later, like I said. Um, AJ, Anthony Joshua does have an opponent. Um, it sounds like they're just, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, April 1st at the O2 Arena. So we'll get into some of that. Um, you know, leading up to this fight here, and of course I'm talking about, you know, the, the schedule actually, it's not like, um, you know, heavy type schedule this weekend. I think, like, there's a good chance that the Beecher Biev, um, Petrov Biev, I, I know some of it will be like, you're saying it wrong. I'm not saying better Biev, at least, Peter Biev. <laughs> I know I've heard it like three different ways. And Anthony Yard, um, you know, it's what is it for three? He's got three titles, uh, does Arturo. Um, I think it will be a good fight. Um, I kind of feel like while it lasts, I'm not saying he's going to get banged out there, Anthony, in, in a, a round or two or something like that. And it was kind of interesting. I'm actually on boxing scene right now, and it's the, the headline, it just says random hits. Anthony Yard intends to use smart strategy to derail better be it, beat your be it. So, you know, this says while Anthony Yard is pr- promising to bring fire and brimstone to the fight, he insists he has no intentions of neglecting the basics when it comes to doing so. Um, and, you know, he lists, like, Triple G and other knockout punches. Um, you know, they don't just go crazy. Like, even Wilder, you know, he's he doesn't throw many punches until he's got you hurt. That's when the windmills and him just lunging at you ready for to take your, you know, to take you out. That's when you see it. But he mentioned Mike Tyson, mentioned some other fighters. But, you know, he said you got to pick someone. You got to pick someone apart to land the shot. I've said early on, my thing is I'm powerful, accurate puncher. I find the shot, and when I find it, I land it, and people are going to feel it. Um, he said it's a mixture because, in my mind, I said I don't want to run into an unknown. But at the same time, I don't want to have somebody else's career. This is what happens in boxing. People are telling you this. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. If I listen to everyone, blah, 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 blah. My point is, you know, he was saying, hey, 
I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to sit there and rush on to a shot. Um, and that, that does make sense. You know what I mean? That does make sense, obviously. Makes a ton of sense, actually. Um, now, do you want to use a style that you don't do a whole lot, you know, in the fight and you're, you're backpedaling and, you know, boxing on the outside at range is different than, you know, I mean, even stick and move or just on your bike, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, guys can move against certain opponents, but then when you get a guy like Peter Biev, who, by the way, is not just one-dimensional, um, he can box. You know, he does have some pedigree. We've seen that now. Um, now, the one thing about, you know, Peter Biev, like, you know, to say he's chinny, I don't know if I'd go there. He's not quite like Gamboa with the knockdowns, getting knocked down left and right and against guys he shouldn't over and over and over again during that fight. But he definitely has been knocked down probably more than he should, you know, um, like in his career. And, and to be fair, it's not like he's had a ton of fights, you know. So there are times, although he's tightened up from, let's say, 2015, 16, 17, I don't know. He's, he's just an interesting fighter, man. Like, there's just, the, you know, that Marcus Brown fight, you know, um, I liked, you know, I liked that he show us, showed us a different angle on that. Um, but, you know, he, I don't know. It's like he, he has been knocked down by guys that you kind of do think, well, you know, what's going on here, you know? But then in his biggest fight, which is uh, – um, that Alexander uh, Vostik, um, you know, he knocked him down a bunch. Now, the, it was a close fight, though, but he knocked him down a, like three times, you know. So he's been put on the mat. There's no doubt about it, you know. And and he's gone, you know, he actually, he's never gone the distance, but he has gone almost, well, he, he almost went 10 full rounds twice. And then wasn't there a 12-round yeah, there was. I'm looking at it right now. There's a 12-round fight. That's right. Uh, Colleen or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could say he's chinny because he's been, you know, kind of like all of a sudden, boom, I got hit. I'm going down. Um, and you can, you know, you can, you can see it throughout his career that that's happened. So it is something to kind of keep an eye on. That's for sure. Um, but as far as, like, full-on chinny, I don't know if I call him full on shitty because it's not like he's getting hurt, hurt, hurt. If that makes it like really hurt, you know what I mean? He's not getting that badly hurt. So, you know, I've seen people say that you know, look what he did to Kovalev, and you know, if if he was smarter, which he's, you know, that was what was that 2019 when they fought? That you know, had he when he had him hurt, he could have taken him out. And if you fought him again or, you know, go back to that time with the same uh, knowledge or whatever of, hey, this is what I got to do right now, you know, it could have, would have, should have. You know what I mean? If only this, if only that, you know, that type of thing. Um, It is what it is. Like, it's just not – it is what it is. You you really can't look at that. And, yeah, he could have, but then he ended up getting, you know, it kind of came back to him. So – 
I think Yard is a good fighter. You know, I, I do think he should take his time, you know. Um, he had, I mean, he, he does have, you know, two losses, only been knocked out that one time by Kovalev. Uh, Lyndon Arthur, you know, that was uh, that was a competitive fight, though. I, I think there was like 115-113, at least, I think, two of the cards. Well, actually, it's the U.K. It wasn't in the U.K., so there might have been actually let me check. There might have been a funky scorecard that we're not necessarily used to seeing, but the thing is he came in, in my opinion, fairly green, you know, in that Kovalev fight. So I don't know, man. Yeah, actually that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was one fifteen, one fourteen, one fifteen, one fourteen, one seventeen, one eleven. Um so yeah, it was kinda Kind of weird there because, you know, one judge had it for him. Now, he did, you know, have the rematch, and he took care of business, you know. I think, uh, yeah, it actually says right here, right hand, knockout right hand. So, you know, I think that we're, you know, usually Peter Biev right away, although he was fluid, he – he was a little raw as a pro, kind of, when he first started, a little bit. And sometimes when he got caught with certain shots, you're like, mm, okay, that, that dude has no defense. But he is, you know, over time, like I said, it's not like he's got a ton of fights. He has gotten better, man. He has shown that he's a complete fighter. And, and shit, he's had 18 fights, knocked everybody out. Like I said, he's got, you know, he's not the tallest dude, doesn't have a great reach, but. He can box, you know, at a distance a little bit. He can move, you know. I don't know if he'll be doing it in this fight, maybe, but it is nice, you know, I was going to say maybe if you had to, it's nice to know you you could you could do it. But I think let's say for three, four, maybe five, anywhere from like maybe four to six rounds, I could see this fight being very competitive. Um. But I just think overall, the more fluid puncher, the heavier puncher, guy that I think he can take a good shot. Like he, like I said, even when he's been hurt, he's been able to recoup. And so there is a difference of getting knocked down. And like I said, it's not like it was, you know, four or five times. Then the next fight, it's twice. Then the next fight, it's once. Then the next fight, it's three times. Because, you know, remember Gamboa for a while was getting knocked down on ESPN left and right on HBO at the start. Um, he had a, still had a good career and all that, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, I have seen some folks, you know, tweet about and even show the videos of, well, you know, if he if he catches them, if Yard catches them with this shot, he could probably take them out. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, should he be a plus 630? I mean, I, I kind of think – I think he, plus 600 is not crazy. I do see a, a – the lowest I see is a plus – 450 for bet MGM. So obviously if you're going to, and I'm on uh pro boxing odds right now, which I always say is a great source because the odds, there's so many odds from different websites all in one place. So it, it definitely is uh you know, it's, it's an interesting way that way to, to keep track of stuff and to track stuff just in general, but you can get them all the way up to, yeah, there's really, there's only one plus six thirty. And that's FanDuel. 
So there's there's not really someone messaged me. Do you think he should be a plus six hundred? You know, well, yeah. It, there's only two that are six hundred or three. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's horrible. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I do think uh, I think it'll knock him out. That's not really going on a crazy ledge, you know. I think that Yard's a good fighter. It's nice that he got that rematch and won. I think he would have won the rematch with Kovalev, too. Um, but as we know, that was not, you know, uh, in their prime Kovalev. Now, you could say Peter Biev is not in his prime because he's, you know, he's pretty old. I mean, if we're you know, he hasn't taken a ton of punishment and been – in war after war, but how old is he? Is he thir- yeah, he's 38. So that's that is old, you know. But I, I think he'll get it done. I think he'll get it done. Like I said, by knockout, um, maybe eighth round and on, ninth round and on. I don't. I think that Yard is a pretty good operator. I think he'll be able to, you know. Create some, well, just two-way action. I'm not going to say like a, a big puzzle to figure out, um, but I, I just think that he better not be too careful and he better not be too defensive because kind of like I was saying earlier, I don't think I actually finished that thought. Is like sometimes you can get out of your comfort level because you're being cautious and trying to be smart, but you're not doing what you're, you do best. Now, I'm not saying yards just uh, – go in there and smoke them type guy. But, um, you know, I, I liked what I saw, you know, in that Kovalev fight, plenty of time, you know, plenty of the fight. Um, but yeah, I just, to me, it'll be like, it'll just be a good fight. You know, it'll be an interesting fight and then it'll be probably over. You know, I don't look for this to, uh, go the distance, which like I said, I'm not, not going out on the limb there. But even in that Kovalev fight, you know, he had a lot of, uh, you know, he had a lot of success. I'm looking at the CompuBox number, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, God, CompuBox. But even with that success, he landed at a high rate. But Kovalev, now we know Kovalev's got a crazy jab. Um, he landed 115 to 118. <laughs> um, that was major, but you know, the, the body punches, I think that's key. Um, yeah, he, he got out thrown 404 to 174 for jabs, but 223 to 132. They both threw a decent amount of punches. So it's like, my point is, it's like, you know, he had success in the fight, no doubt about it. But, you know, um, and it, I think that was, at the time, that was the most, I think for CompuBox, who, who track, yeah, I'm reading it right now, it tracked like 21 of his fights, because um, some of his early fights, maybe, you know, they just didn't track it or whatever, but, you know, that was the most someone had landed on him at the time. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he'll, uh, you know, I, I don't give him a big chance to win. Um, there is a uh, undercard fight 
which I think, I mean, this is actually, let me see the odds on that. Jimenez, David Jimenez is probably a slight underdog. I actually haven't seen the. So plus 154. Yeah, that's the highest you could get it. Plus 130, plus 138, plus 125. So David Jimenez, and this is, you know, some people don't like the small weights, you know. That's fine if you don't like the small weights, you know, to each his own. But, I mean, this fight here, Artem Delacane, Delacane, either way, it's two undefeated fighters. And, like I said, if you don't like flyweights, it is what it is. Um, To close the year, I think it was Concepcion uh, he beat. Uh, I know he has a win over uh, Brian Valerio. That was a while ago, though. Let me actually look to see if, what else he's got on his resume. I've seen, I've, yeah, I've seen three of the three of his fights. Um, so yeah, I mean, these guys are like, I, I would probably say it's it's they're 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 probably both in the top five or at least top seven in the division. They're both undefeated. So yeah, I think this is going to be a good fight. Um, you did have uh, David Jimenez. Um, you know, he he hasn't fought since uh, last year, July, against Ricardo uh, Soundilov. Um, he beat Edwin Hernandez. Um, but, yeah, I, this this should be a good fight, actually. I, I, I like this fight. Let me double-check to see if, in fact, I'll go to TBRB transnational boxing rating and see I'm pretty sure they're yeah so they have they have Artem at three and David Benavidez or Jesus Christ Jimenez at four and Sandalov is five even though yeah I think there was another guy up there that Sonny Edwards right now is number one uh, Roman Gonzalez you know vacated it so um, they, they're trying to crown one but I, I like that fight and you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of looking at an upset. I haven't quite made my, you know, exact. I haven't quite figured out a prediction for this one. I, I think it's going to be a close fight, though. I'm I'm kind of leaning an upset. I don't know, though. I, I'm kind of back and forth with this, as you can see. Either way, though, I think him and his will give him a good fight. So that should be a competitive fight. Hopefully that's a good fight. Should be anyway. Um, you know, on that card. And then over the weekend, you know, uh, other fights. Uh, Alex Rocha actually has a new opponent now. Um, Floyd Schofield, it's nice that they're keeping him busy against Alberto Mercado. That's a good fight. Um, Oscar Colazzo, I think it's a yeah, strawweight, ti- uh, strawweight title eliminator against Wilfre- uh, Wilfredo Mendez. So this is uh this is on the zone, <coughs> excuse me, from Inglewood. Unfortunately, uh Roach's opponent kind of fell through Bryant Young. I I think Lukey said he 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 heard himself sparring, if I remember correctly from reading that. Pretty sure that's the case. And then actually Friday night, Nathaniel Gallimore has taken on um Sir High Bo- Boachuk. 
or whatever I think that is. It's the guy who on uh, Ring City lost. I think that was Ring City, right, on, to Brian Adams. So he's coming out. You know, he beat uh, Tyrone Brunson. I believe that was on Showbox. Who? Freddie Hernandez. Man, I haven't seen that name in a little bit. Um, Aaron Coley was his last fight. So, you know, for a one-loss guy who's got a lot of power, I mean, he's, he's I think he stopped everybody. Yeah, he stopped everybody besides Evan or, or Adam. So um, I think that's a good – that's Friday night. So that that's kind of interesting too. I wonder what the odds are there. I mean, I think Gallimore's going to lose. But, yeah, plus 390, plus 500, plus 450, something like that. But that, I think that's a good fight, especially kind of building your way back up after you, you took that loss. I think that's a – an interesting fight so um it's a pretty good fight weekend what is that on oh Oda wallen is fighting in uh, new hampshire this weekend too maybe there'll be a stream available i don't know not quite sure on that one um yeah if i get some information on that or somebody has any information if that's if that's on youtube or or something like that That'd be kind of interesting. Um, but we do, oh, yeah, also, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's tomorrow, Wednesday. Wednesday night, Pro Box TV, Francis and uh, Siracho. I think it's Siracho. Jesus Siracho, Cesar Frances, Future Stars. That's that app that's only like three bucks, two bucks. That'll start at 8 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, it's only two bucks, so. ProBox TV, uh, you know, go for it. Be there, be square. Um, so, yeah, I think that about wraps up the uh, that stuff pretty much. Oh, and then also, I forgot to mention, but uh, the WBO sanctioned um, Tim Zhu versus Tony Harrison, March 12th, I believe it is, right? March 12th, this is Ben Damon. Done deal. Tim Zhu will twenty one and zero will fight Tony Harrison twenty three and one and one or twenty three and one. Sunday twelve the the twelfth March at an Australian venue probably outside, but that's eleventh here. Um, I mean I love I absolutely love this fight. That is, I mean, you know some people kind of favored Fundora to 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 fight against Charlo because he was more experienced. At a at a higher level, um, at a you know just a better caliber of fighter, somewhat some people think you know, and a lot of that is him fighting in the states too. But you know, I mean, Goucher did knock him down, and, and but he did kind of bully him after that. So I absolutely love this fight. You know, instead of waiting around because you know Charlo got hurt, Jamel Charlo hurt himself, broke his hand, right? I think it was. It was going to be it's postponed. So, you know, why not? And this is a good example of, you know, uh, an eliminator or, uh, you know, an interim title. When the champs hurt, cool. I was going to fight for these titles anyway. Why don't I get, you know, why don't I keep myself in position? And it's a really great testing ground. You know, Tony Harrison can box, but he's got power. He's slick. He's got a jab. But like I said, he's got power. Now, 
He's also been stopped multiple times, right? He, he's had the lead in, what, three different fights? You know, I did think uh, Jermel Charlo won the first fight, in my opinion. Competitive, but I thought he won. But most people agree he was down like 6-4 in that fight in the rematch. and He ended up knocking him out. My point is, you know, having Harrison beat Tim Zhu, the guy who he was going to fight for undisputed, Jermel Charlo, obviously, before he got postponed, to beat Tony Harrison, that's huge. You know, and like I said, Tony will give him different looks because we know Jermel's going to give him different looks. And we know he's got power, and Tony has power too. So, and then at the same time, if Tony Harrison pulls an upset on the road, that just sets up a trilogy, which is phenomenal too, you know. And in the 154-pound division is one where you could take an L and come back. They got so much talent at the PBC at 154. We've seen guys lose and come back and win, and shit, Harrison did it, you know. Jermel did it. I mean, some people thought, a lot of people, I'd say more people thought that in that draw with Castano, that that Castano won the first fight. It was competitive, but you could say, okay, well, it was a draw, at least it was a draw, but then he came back and knocked him out. So, I mean, I love this fight. And usually, you know, both guys could have sat there and waited for, you know, a, like I, I'm pretty sure Harrison could have waited as a Mando for another belt. Was it the WBC belt? Can't remember. And obviously, he could have just taken a tune-up to Zoo, and, you know, back home in Australia. Instead, man, we're, we're getting a big – like, this is going to be fun because, you know, Australia, when they have fights, they usually pack it, especially if it's outdoors. And in March, it should – you know – I don't know. I don't think March. I think right now is the hottest time, right? Because they always say that for the Australian Open. But dude, I, I absolutely love that fight. That fight is great. I can't wait for that fight. Um, and I'll talk about the other fights, uh, you know, coming up too. Those two big ones, anyway, and uh, Fulton, and then Plant and Benavides as well. But we have some other news to get into. Um, there, there's a rumor going around that Sebastian Fundora and Danny Garcia are going to match up. Now, there was also that noise that Danny Garcia was going to fight Arislandi Lara because there was – the WBA was supposed to fight – was supposed to have, after Golovkin uh, lost to Canelo, he had a certain amount of days to decide if, if he wanted to hold on to that strap because he does have more than one strap there. So – to, to, you know, to hold on to the the WBA, he'd have to fight Lara. And then that kind of just went away, you know? And then, like I said, there was a rumor he, he speaking Australia, that he's going to fight someone in Australia. There's just a lot of rumors about uh, Golovkin. It's been real quiet. Maybe he is going to fight Lara. Maybe he's going to, I don't know what the hell he's going to do. I really don't. But, uh, I mean, I think that would, that would be interesting. That'd be an interesting fight in a very. I mean, Danny going to fifty four for that fight, and I know he just went to fifty four, but like that's a good ass fight, dude. And, and what a name for from Dora to work off of. And you assume he'd be on the road. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of one sixty eight, one sixty in and around that area, one fifty four, obviously, what I was talking about. Berlanga is no longer with top rank. Uh, according to Dan Raphael, 
Golden Boy said it's interested. I'm, I'm, he's told that Matchroom and PPC are also interested. Uh, manager Keith Conlin, Conley has a close relationship with Eddie Hearn and Al Heyman. And he's also, you know, done stuff with Golden Boy. So that would be pretty interesting. And I think I'm pretty sure didn't um, – yeah, Oscar was saying uh, – I think he tweeted about, hey, let's get Mungia in him. Let's do it, you know. Guess he sees something in that fight or something like that. Not not that I'm not saying it, it wouldn't be a good fight, but, like, he'd be willing to put him in there with him, even though he's a pretty big puncher but not, like, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, i take that. Yeah, here it is. Oscar De La Hoya would love to work with uh, uh, Edberg Lange. Imagine fighting, yeah, in the garden, selling out the garden. So we'll see where, you know, Berlanga obviously has uh, options. It definitely has options. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. No doubt about it. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, oh, DeZone. This is for, I think it's Germany, and and then I think Japan after that. But the zone has expanded. This is what the this is what the article says from Sports. God, what the hell's the? Can't remember what the website is now. But anyway, it says the zone um, expands reach to Amazon Prime Video distribution. Uh, streaming platform partner to offer sports OTT service as a prime channel. So now this doesn't mean here in the States. This is for Germany and Spain, and then supposedly they're going to go to uh, Japan, which they do really good in those places. Um, So, yeah, expanding the reach of its platform in key markets and bringing more viewers into Amazon ecosystem. So... And it's not just obviously boxing, but yeah, more territories will come. It'll be added throughout 2023. Sounds like, like I said, Japan is next. So that's a that's a good look for them. You know, that's a good look for them. I wonder if that would happen here. You know, um, according to Talk Sport, more fight news here. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk won't take place on March 4th. It's instead now targeted for late March, early April. Frank Warren has revealed he remains very confident the undisputed fight will happen, currently awaiting Middle East site offers this week. And that's the thing. Sometimes that stuff does get dragged out over there. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's worth it in many ways, right? Um, I did actually hear a rumor um, about Munguia – um, in negotiations with Shane Mosley Jr. And someone asked me what the odds are for Inouye and Fulton. Right now, well, they opened at plus 200. Uh, Fulton is an underdog. Go for it. Another one, this is from Everything Boxing, No Smoke Boxing. Diego uh, Pacheco, uh, or was it Pacheco? Good, a young, really good prospect. Going against Jack Cullen, they've agreed to terms for a super middleweight fight that will land on a matchroom boxing card on March 11th in Liverpool. So he's making his uh, making his UK debut and uh, I guess Callum Smith will be will be the one uh, you know on the uh, on the headliner. 
So that's good. That's really good. Um, got some other news here. Well, you know, on one hand, we hear that the Wilder and, and Fury stuff, or I'm sorry, Wilder and Fury, Wilder and Ruiz, this is actually from today, Ellie Setback, um, he said about Andy Ruiz, Andy's a good fighter, um, but he, you know, he doesn't have enough for me, I'm the man, uh, we're just looking for a location right now, we got a lot of meetings, it's coming, I want the fight with Andy, he thinks he wants the fight too, so um, we assume, someone actually sent me this, Terrence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, Cowboy Stadium, who wins? kind of interesting because he's saying that and maybe that's just, you know, he's just riling up people, you know, maybe building that fight. But the reason why I say that is because Dan Raphael, who, you know, when you're breaking news, you're not always, the dates are kind of funk up, you know, kind of get funky sometimes. You think you got it right. But he says April 29th, the zone and still in Dallas areas, the new date penciled in for the Stanonius Virgil Ortiz, because remember, you know, he had to have emergency, uh, you know, his appendix, I think it was, wasn't it? So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could do Cowboy Stadium. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you go right to Cowboy Stadium with that fight, to be honest. But either way, it would be, you know, it would be a big fight. But he's made it clear, Oscar has that. And, you know, he's a promoter, so he is, you know, hyping up stuff. And, hey, if they don't make that Spence Crawford, <clears throat> why not, you know, go Virgil, right? Makes sense. Um, according to um, Isak Cruz's manager, uh, you know, the uh, MP Pacquiao Promotions, basically, Manny Promotions president, that he will return May 2023. Um, it sounds like he might be a co-main on the Spence Thurman card, which is either going to be in Vegas or Texas. And that doesn't surprise me that that would be in May, maybe even in June, because, you know, as we know, we, you know, we, we just recently uh, saw that there's a good chance that it might be April 15th for Gervonta and Ryan Garcia. So they're not going to do, probably not going to do, big pay-per-views back-to-back like that. Um, so this is from Mail Sport. This is involving Connor Ben, right? So this is an exclusive. Um, it says, UCAD British Boxing Board of Control investigation into Connor Ben's two failed drug tests have been held up um, with claims of lack of cooperation from the boxer's team. Now, you know, I don't know. This is 100% true. But as we know, you know, he, um, so the two field this, it's held up. This investigation has been held up a lack of cooperation. He's blaming the contamination, eating too many eggs, right? That was what the excuse was. Um, and remember, he, he, we talked about this, was it two weeks ago? Um, that he gave the WBC a 270-page dossier of why he failed, right? Um, and he was saying, hey, you know, not even him, but Eddie Hearn was like, hurry up and make a decision. It's like, well, dude, that's a lot of information to take in. 
Uh, Sports Mail understands less cooperation may have been forthcoming for the more meaningful UCAT and Board of Control investigation, Um, you know, because will he get banned, will he not? Um, But that includes Ben's team not handing over the same dossier despite sources claiming a request had been made by the Board of Control. When asked by Sports Mail uh, if it had been shared with their investigation, Board General Secretary Robert Smith confirmed it had not, but the declined to you know go further so if he's sending stuff to the wbc but not sending that and this is allegedly okay but not sending it to the board and all that yeah that would be a little weird you know what i mean it's almost like well let's see what you know wbc and vada think of this and then we can really take it to the board or something maybe that's what they're thinking i don't know i have no clue man i really don't by the way, Pro Boxing Odds just tweeted today, or maybe it was yeah, it was late last night. Tim Zhu minus one fifteen, Tony Harrison minus one fifteen. I mean, if that's not a fifty fifty fight, sign me up. That's a fifty fifty fight. Uh, Jason Maloney and Nonito Donaire, WBC formally orders vacant bantamweight title fight. So that that's going to be interesting. I think that's really interesting. Sounds like that fight's going to happen. So that that's pretty good. I like that. Um, Mario Barrios returns um, in a few weeks here on the Showtime telecast. He's going to take on uh, Jovan or what it was Santiago. Yeah, uh, Jovain Santiago. Pretty good fighter. It's a ten round welterweight fight. Um, Obviously, you know, Barrios kind of getting back from those two losses. So I think that's interesting. And then uh, Pero and Faust. Victor Faust and Linear, I think it's Linear Pero. That, that's on the undercard too. That's a 10-rounder. That is a good-ass fight. So that, that triple header has Vargas and Foster. This is February 11th. Vargas and Foster is a, just a solid fight in the main event, but, you know, the Barrios fight, I'm not trying to, like, hype it up or something like that, but that other fight is bomb, dude. That, that's going to be really good. Uh, there's also thoughts or news of as long as, uh, as, long as uh, Amanda Serrano is able to defeat Erica Cruz, um, that's not this week, but next week, May 20th is going to be the rematch in Ireland with Katie Taylor. So, you know, we did have a long, long stretch. Also, Anthony Fitzpatrick has now been caught in two major police investigations thanks to his close ties of link to the cartel boss, Dan O'Kinahan. Wow. Um, You know, we had that long stretch where we – we had a shitty, we had a pretty shitty ending to last year, right? So it just left a bad mouth or a bad taste in people's mouth, pause, and, and just kind of like whatever, you know, it just kind of like, come on, dude, announce some fights. But now we've got fights announced, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we're starting to get someplace, man. We're starting to get, someone actually texted me this, the 13th round Boxio. Or boxing, boxio, um, Samson 
promotion. Southpaw uh, Quayu, uh Tenno, she stopped somebody in Panama or he stopped somebody in, in Panama City. Round one. Ten and oh, nine KOs. Mirko Quayo did actually. I think I saw a highlight of that. Um so there was in the Eubank Junior Smith, the Nevada did not test that. Um, and someone tweeted, you know, Eubank Junior Smith, they didn't have uh, you know, testing, bada testing, surprising when you consider the Eubank Ben situation and the ages of each fighter. Someone underneath this, and this is where some fanboy stuff comes in. Eubank and Smith obviously trust each other enough not, you know, to know neither were dope, so they save money. It's like I don't, I think the, the saving money thing is is more correct. But and here's another thing, dude. Josh Taylor, man. Ever since this Catterell fight, where some, most people thought he lost, or you know, kind of got a a bit of a gift. Coppinger reported. Josh Taylor has suffered a torn plantar fight. What is it? That's a freaking archier foot. The uh, fight. What is it? Fiasca? I forgot. The plantar fascia. I can't remember how to fucking say that name. I know the plantar fascia. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's the, it's basically the arch of the foot. Here, here's the tweet. The arch of the foot. Um, so his March 4th rematch with Catterall has been pushed back again, and they're saying the timetable recovery anywhere from 6 to 12 weeks. Oh, boy. That's rough. We, You know, we have uh, documented some of that Ramirez and Progray stuff, and I have been getting messages about, on either side, Progray saying Ramirez, you know, he's acting like the A side, and maybe he is, but you could still negotiate, and, and then the progress side saying, oh, that, you know, not progress himself, but the fans saying, you know, Ramirez don't want it. He's just making excuses up. And, you know, his manager has come out and said a bunch of stuff about how big of a draw he was. And, and you know, he has a lot of uh, sponsors, you know. Um, actually, someone just sent me this. So I'm not going to go in too much detail. Um but I documented years ago when they were saying Ramirez was selling all these crazy tickets, which he was. But some of the tickets were sold for like $5, $3, $7. So, you know, oops, anytime you can get like butts in the seats and make it look good for television, a lot of those weren't on television, but, you know, make it look good, it is what it is. He's got a lot of sponsors. Ramirez does. He's been in bigger fights that have been uh, broadcasted on ESPN. Um, as far as in the States, I'm not saying, you know, Progray, you know, they both fought Josh Taylor, and they both had close-ass fights. Ramirez got knocked down twice. That was the difference. Um, and same with, you know, you know, Progray didn't, didn't fight the smartest fight in that one, but I didn't, th- you know, I thought it was. I thought they were both close. Um, the, uh, I did think actually Josh Taylor won both of them. Um, but just think, like, I'm not here to rip his manager Ramirez or, or any of these guys because you know a lot of it's just a business anyway. But just to add some factual stuff with this, when we talk about, well, we put it, we packed the seats, we packed the house, right? And a lot of people retweeted that. 
And it's funny because some people, it's the same, some of the same people will rip uh, the Armory for only selling a thousand or twelve hundred tickets, and then comping it through corporations, through uh, teenager stuff, through gyms. They, on the radio, you, you hear, "Hey, you can win tickets," but it looks good for TV. But then they'll look at the gate and be like, "Oh, it's not like a million dollar gate or anything," you know. But it's a lot better than some of these casinos that you get this, you know, this 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 fee to a licensing fee, right? Um, but then there'll be like a thousand people in there anyway. So you didn't sell even a twelve hundred ticket. So, and by the way, they do get a licensing fee, you know, for the armory. The PBC does, and I, and I documented this a couple of years ago. The first uh, event before they did a deal with them, um, the the uh, the armory, the person that owns the armory had to pay a hundred thousand for the fight card to come there. Then the second one, it was reported. I had that on good, a great source. Uh, the second one's a pretty damn good source. I didn't hear it myself, but the source is really good, and they paid two hundred thousand for the second one. And not long after, they signed a four event deal per year with the PBC and the Armory. Now I don't know if it was over two hundred thousand, if it's two fifty, if it's one fifty, somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm not going to act like I do. But they're getting a fee there, too. So it's a combination of – and then, you know, it is true. If you can get 3,500 over – the last two, I think, have had over 4,000 people there. Well, the concessions is where you make your money, too, at an event like that, at a place like that. So here's my point, though. Long story short, it'll be the same people dogging, you know, other ticket sales, but then – they're acting like Ramirez's gate is huge. Here's the point. Uh, tickets sold, 13509 That's a ton of tickets. But the revenue was $187,000, which is really close to what some of the Armory stuff has done. So, and I, and I followed up. You know, this is a long time ago. It's funny. Someone retweeted some stuff, and my tweet was in there asking about, you know, was it, because sometimes you can pay the tax, not sometimes, but if you pay the tax on a ticket, that goes down as a sold ticket. But you can always tell that something's fishy by the overall gate, right? And I actually asked the question. I asked uh, Jedi, Jedi Goodman, who's you know good information for a variety of things. Um, he said something weird about this report. It showed, and this is back in 2019. Uh, February, it says. It shows 7,000 tickets sold for $3 for $21,000. And I said, is that them paying the tax on the ticket? He says, no sales tax. Uh, no, the sales tax was 8700 So basically, they sold um, over 3,000 tickets for 5000 or for $5. So 3,212 of those, 10, so over 10,000 tickets were sold for 5000 and of those 10,000, over 10,000, 7,000 were three. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to call your guy like the huge A-side, and, 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 and like I said, in many ways he is here in the States. I'm not denying that, right? But his manager was going out of his way to say he's this big ticket seller. And, dude, if you sell tickets for under $10, guess what? You are going to make it. It's going to make it look great. 
So I'm just I'm bringing clarity to this. I'm bringing facts, okay? It sounds like everybody else, including um, uh, what the hell is that new? Uh, the hell are they calling that damn i forgot what they called the zone oh misfits misfits boxing it sounds like they're after francis is it Ngannou? anyway beltor according to al dawson at insider beltor will aggressively pursue ufc free agent uh francis Ngannou, um and offer you know offer him a deal because they obviously have showtime boxing too so that's something to look at shakur stevenson will return April 8th, and he's back at the Prudential Center. Sounds like that Yoshino is the opponent. And that That's awesome that they're bringing him back to his hometown. Does a good crowd there. You love it when a guy who's entering his prime, you know, is doing this. I'm really, really happy at that. That's dope, dude. Really, really happy. Um... By the way, uh, Portland 503 host Sway, um, let me know if you uh, if you want to talk here. I think, oh, I just realized a couple of my texts didn't go through. Shoot. Dang. Um, I'm not sure if Garcino was going to call in or not. And John couldn't make it tonight. Uh, it's funny because I finally got a Tuesday night that it's good to go, and then, you know, this is the night he couldn't make it. <laughs> so it is what it is, right? That's that's how it happens. I'll, uh, oh, God, man. Some of these freaking messages right now. Good golly. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, just some fanboy stuff. And I, and I try not to... Uh, you know, go too deep into this stuff. I'm hearing a lot of stuff about bringing up the Crawford transparency again, tr- you know, transparency that he didn't get it, but then Espinosa clearly, you know, in, 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 you know, Errol Spence clearly, you know, made it known that he did get it. He hasn't really fought that, but I, yeah, I am getting some pretty crazy. <laughs> okay. So a little bit of, oh, well, before we get to any kind of boxing Twitter segment and all that, we just went over a bunch of fight news, right? Um, let's talk. Let's talk about some boxing for Christ's sake. Real boxing. Um, you know, Caleb Plant, David Benavidez. We've been wanting this fight for a while. We know with Canelo in the division, you know, Caleb Plant fought him. You know, what was it, last year? Or no, no, it's actually the close 2021. Man, that was a long time ago all of a sudden. Um, I suppose not really, but, you know, David Benavidez wanted to fight Canelo too. Uh, Canelo was offered, you know, at least $50 million to fight him. Um, he decided to go elsewhere. He went to Bivol in Golovkin, so it's not like – I mean, going to Bivol, you know, people want to say ducking Canelo. He ain't ducking, dude. It's just, you know, it's, it's got to happen at the right time, obviously. But David Benavidez has been looking for a big fight. And, you know, when he 
got stripped of the belt for, for missing weight. You know, that was his fault. And that's where, you know, all of a sudden there was a belt loose and Canelo picked it up with an easy win over Yildrum, right? But that's your own fault, you know, because we could say COVID, but a lot of people went through COVID and didn't miss weight, you know? So David Benavidez won a big fight. Um, his promoter knows his shit, obviously, Samson, but he does, you know, say stuff out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh, really? That's what's happening? So the point is, all that stuff on both sides, talking this, talking that, I already have a fight, now you want to fight, you know, all this stuff we've heard, they're fighting, March 25th in Vegas. I love it. I think it's a great fight. I'm even thinking about going because that is a fight. That's a big fight at the division, but you know the tickets aren't going to be crazy. Uh, maybe I'll go and try to get in, you know, to cover it. Uh, but I kind of, I might go just to have fun. Now, the only problem with that weekend, and I'd have to look at the, it's probably a pretty spendy weekend because that is the weekend. That's a, that's Sweet 16 weekend for college basketball. But anyway, so I wonder if they're, if CBS is going to be able to, you know, I wonder if Showtime is going to be able to talk CBS into, uh, you know, promoting the fight during the Sweet 16. It'd be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, I like this fight. Boxer versus puncher. But guess what? The boxer just showed he could punch. Now, he's shown a little bit of that. Um, especially in the uh, Uzgadaji fight. You know, he, he knocked him back a couple times in that fight, and or knocked him down, I should say, with those short hooks, and just real slick, right? But, you know, we've also seen Caleb Plant fade at times in, in certain fights. He definitely didn't fade against Darrell. Back in October, he scored, you know, what many people thought was the highlight real knockout of the year. It was crazy. And, Dur- you know, it's not like Darrell... Yeah, Benavidez stopped him, but it was different, you know? Um, And like I said, this is Benavidez' time to shine. You know, he's got a good jab. He punches in combinations. He's very fundamental coming forward. Um, Darrell had some success against him. Not a lot of guys in a while anyway, (laughs) because he, he actually, you know, Early in his career when he was just developing, and not to say that, you know, some of this stuff he hasn't developed of late. It just, you know, sometimes it's hard to show that you've developed because you can develop in the in the, uh, in the the gym but not have to bring it out, you know, during fights. I mean, it, you know, older Lemieux. Tyron Davis was a pretty good fight. Um, Ellis fought okay. You know, he just hasn't had many challenges since that Darrell fight. Um but obviously, I'm thinking about uh, Graville, right? Ronald Graville had the split decision, came back and, and won really, you know, decisively. He had that uh, Porky Medina fight where everybody loves that fight because he just, you know, scored those knockouts. You know, that was like seven or eight punch <laughs> when he punched them kind of through the ropes there, if I remember correctly. Um, I just like the fight, man. And, and now, you know, unbeaten, 26-0, 23-0, this is a big fight for him. Um, and I want to see him against a guy that can move a lot. 
but he is looking to land his jab. He is looking to land check hooks. He's looking to land, you know, he's not just looking at jab, stick and move, and that's it. He can plant his feet, you know, and let it rip, as we saw. So it's a great matchup. And it'll be interesting to see what it does on pay-per-view. Um, it will also, I've heard some rumored fights. Um, some, You know, there's a bunch of fights made for PBC on Showtime right now, whether it's on Showtime or pay-per-view. And they are doing a lot more cards this year. I'm not going to say they're going to do 24 events, you know, twice a month, because I do think there'll be that normal slowdown in the fall that Showtime generally takes as far as the amount of cards they do once football, college football, and NFL football start. But because if you think about it, like someone actually pushed back on this, like no evidence that they didn't have two events. You can't call it Showtime. Got in January, they're talking about, dude. The fucking Charlotte Zoo was scheduled for this weekend, dude, on Showtime, regular Showtime, not pay-per-view, Showtime. So they had two events, the Gervonta card and then this card. I wasn't counting the Showbox, okay? What do they got? Not this weekend, or wait, two weekends from now. They have a card from uh, San Antonio, I believe. And then they have a card February, is it 25th? I should know this because here but yeah they have a card uh yeah the 25th at the army that's two you know and that's a good ass card two out of those three fights are gonna be they're really good matchups i like them a lot i think they're good matchups um adorno and rodriguez elvis rodriguez is you know he's been out of the ring for a while i think it's just a good fight for him you know he's still got to develop um but there's fights for him at the PBC, no doubt about it. It's nice that he's getting a, you know, a fight. But, um, I mean, Sabriel Matisse is the—he's so fun to watch, dude. You could say he's limited and all that at times. Sure, he's raw. Sure, caveman. Sure, you can say whatever the hell you want. But the dude is a—he bangs the shit out. He's a—he—he he loves to bang it out. It's going to be a really good fight. And then Jamal James comes back from a long layoff. Against a fighter, he should win. Against, you know, it's not a, a huge test for him. Um, but I think they're, you know, they're probably just trying to get him back and try to get a win. And if not, then they, you know, I guess they'll maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll they'll do something with that. The guy who would, quote, unquote, beat him. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so I don't, you know, I. I keep getting these messages. I don't really want to go into that Spence Crawford stuff, dude. You know, when you talk about transparency, Crawford really has never compl- – you know, he talked about I want transparency, but then it, it leaked into he wanted the control to be able to sign off on stuff, on the promotion, as far as, you know, marketing and all that. And it's like, dude, you're not the A side for one, and two, who the hell gets that much, like, that's just, I'm not saying it's 100% unheard of, but for a guy, it takes skill out of it, right? Take his record out of it, take three different weight classes out of it. He can sell in his hometown like a mother ever. We still don't have that gate number, but it's sold. He can sell in Vegas, too. Him and uh, Sean Porter did a great number. 
he's going to have fans there. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. But to sit there and be like, it's one thing to get transparency, right? Which it's clear as day now he got that part of it. But if he doesn't want to do the fight, and when we talk about the guarantee thing, the way the deal was structured, Spence wasn't getting the guarantee either. But they were both going to make a lot of money. It just obviously it sounded like they had a problem on how much he wanted guaranteed Crawford. And, you know, he's the one who brought up that $25 million or $20 million, whatever it was. There was a, a report out there. I don't know how true it was. At the start, I didn't think it was true about him wanting that kind of money, and they couldn't even get him below $15 million guaranteed. I don't know if that's true. And I didn't totally think that was true until I heard it out of his mouth that it sounded like he wanted huge money kind of guaranteed. And so that's why they gave a percentage then. They gave both fighters a percentage and say, hey, you can prove it. Prove it then. Prove that you're worth this much, and we'll give you that amount of money if it, if it, you know, if it generates. I just think people – someone's in his ear saying it's going to do a million pay-per-view buys easy, which is not easy to do, <laughs> you know. Not easy to do at all. So, I mean, when's the last time Canelo did a million pay-per-view buys? So, I mean, he did – They, him and Plant did a crazy number, like 800000 They made money on that event, even with a huge guarantee. But people act like – like, look at the purses. Sometimes they're five. Sometimes there's three. Sometimes they're a million-dollar purses as far as claiming on your purse. But that's not what the fighters make. Time and time again, you see that with pay-per-views. I mean, you see that in general, but especially with pay-per-views. So, but to sit there and, and have the ability to sign off on expenses, dog, you're not the A-side, and I don't even know. Are, they're not, Spence wasn't asking for that. So if the A-side, who's a proven you know, generator, is not asking to have sign-off ability on you know, stuff, then who really – Honestly, who the fuck are you to ask? Not even ask. It's one thing to ask for it, but that can't be the end of the fight. Like, oh, I'm not going to do it then. You know, asking for it, what's the harm? It'll delay fights if you go back and forth, sure. But come on, dude. You know? Um, and I keep getting hit. A co- multiple people now. Maybe there's this Ring IQ dude who's just anti-PBC all the way People have been either sending messages of goofy shit, he said, and I saw, you know, that other account that, you know, always says breaking news, and it's just somebody talking, and sometimes it's breaking, sometimes it's not, but the Ring IQ dude misinformation, dude, that's his thing, misinformation about the PBC. He calls, you know, he talks about Bob Arum, the honorable Bob Arum, you know, and he just protects Bob Arum as if he didn't get his fucking... FBI office, you know, his, his office is raided by the FBI. Like, come on, dude. Anybody that's in boxing, you're going to have a little dirt on you, right? But either way, you know, whatever, whatever. Now, Inoue and Fulton in Japan, either sounds like late May or June, because they, Fulton is a Muslim, and obviously Ramadan and all that. They're trying to respect that, so... And like I said, shots out to Jake Donovan. Um, fortunately, shit got messed up last week. I wasn't able to have him on the show. I had to do a shortened show the next day before I went to work. Wasn't able to get him in there. Got called in a little early. 
But he was going to break that news of Inoue and Fulton on the show. So I really respect that, man. That, that's, he he, he uh, messaged me later like, hey, not to kick in the balls, but this is what I was going to do. Because, you know, he couldn't tell me prior until he, he was just going to surprise me. So appreciate that, Jake. And we're going to have him on here soon. Oh, maybe next weekend or next week. Um, and check out, you know, Jake in general, Falm, and then him and Lefty. Um, you know, the Jake and Lefty show on Saturday afternoons, big news show. You get a lot of information. And just the chicken talk, you know, space in general. They've been talking about this anyway. J-Row been talking about this anyway, Fulton, for a long, long time. But this is – talk about high-level skill in the fucking ring. Anyway, Fulton. I mean, and then, you know, Fulton, a lot of people thought, oh, he's going to Figueroa, you know, He's he's, he's, he's he's ducking. He's ducking in your way, you know? And then some people are like, oh, he's ducking Figueroa now at 126. He don't want the smoke. Well, he's taking on in your way. So are you sure? And I got some boxing Twitter segment stuff with that. And some of the shit was just goofy as hell. But that is the skill level, the uh, the hand speed, the movement, you know, Fulton's got plenty of pop. Anyway's got that nasty power. I mean, you know, when we talk about skills fest, right? Like, it may take a while for this thing to pop, right? As far as, like, action-wise. Dude, I'm looking forward to this fight so much, dude. I cannot wait for this fight. This is just a great, great fight. I mean... The matchup is silly, and I'm just I'm, I can't wait for the fight. But you know, I lean in your way. Maybe you know, I really gotta think this through. And you could look back, you know. I mean, these guys, ever since turning pro, really, and, and working their way up, these dudes have fought a lot of quality fighters, man. I mean, I. I <laughs> this is such a great matchup. I'm almost speechless. In fact, I think I think Rold had a good stat here. I think that I where did I go with it? Where is it? They're talking about both these guys. And, okay, some early fun facts about Inuay and uh, Cool Boy Steph. Inuay will be. Uh, Fulton's fourth straight foe ranked top 10 um, or champ, according to the TBRB board in in or ring magazine. Uh, The first lineal champ he's faced. um, In in the first lineal champ he's faced. um, If Fulton's, it's Fulton's 10th undefeated opponent and fifth in his last sixth fight. Fulton will be Inouye's third straight top ten. Oh, hold on. Did I? Okay, I read that wrong. Anyway, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, what the hell? I told totally... Oh, man. Sometimes I get a little distracted trying to, you know, do other shit. Okay, Fulton. Anyway, will be Fulton's four. I didn't. I actually read it. You guys probably got it, but that's where I was screwed up on the lineal. Like, what? Lineal? Um, first lineal champion's face. It's Fulton's 10th undefeated opponent in, in fifth out of his last six starts. 
Fulton will be Inouye's third straight top ten foe in their division, eighth in his last ten starts, and the fourth division where he's facing someone ranked number one by either or both. In, in this case, both. I mean, holy shit. Um, some people talking about this little later, late March, early April for Fury and Usyk. Late March um, up until the middle of April is Ramadan, so Middle East won't be happening during this. So, I don't know. There was also Boxing Social and some other outlets. I think this is Eddie Hearn. He revealed that the IBF have now officially ordered uh, Hergovic, uh, Philip Hergovic and Andy Ruiz for the IBF interim heavyweight belt. He said negotiations for the fight is ongoing. So, you know, the, the the final eliminator for Ruiz, the WBC Ruiz and Wilder fight, it sounds like they were talking about just venues. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And another funny thing is during that broadcast, the ESPN broadcast for top rank, the, 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 the telecast, the, the broadcast team said, don't hold your breath waiting on Fulton and Inouye on that, on the show. And uh, Rich Diggs says, I, I guess Top Rank is not involved in negotiations for the fight, but no one's reported on that. So they're finalizing it for a summer fight. Eddie Hearn, speaking of this fight, though, Eddie Hearn said to both Boxing Social as well that he has declared that if, and it's kind of a weird way he put it, if Inouye beats Fulton, then he would be willing to make Inouye and MJ, Akhmad Aliyev, for the undisputed. Okay, so wonder if Fulton wins. Would you're still you're still going to do that, right? That, that's still a now. There's probably a rematch clause in there, but um, so yeah, and I you know I hadn't reported. Um, the uh, any of the pay-per-view numbers in general for Gervonta and Hector Garcia. Um, Glazer had a number out there, and you know that guy's so anti-PBC; it's not even crazy. There was a number. He said, "What did he say? Sixty-one thousand, something like that," which I think is ridiculous. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know the numbers. But now multiple Dan Raphael, Boxing Scene, and also uh, Al Dawson with Insider. They're saying, um, in fact, I'll do the, I'll do the uh, the Al Dawson who works for Insider. Uh, so it won't be Boxing Scene who you know CBS Showtime stuff. Uh, since the time of the blah 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 blah. So he he basically said uh, it's north of two hundred. South of 225, two sources which knowledge of the situation told them that. Okay. Now we know the 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 fight did five million at the gate, which was the biggest gate um, for you know any kind of entertainment or sports boxing stuff. Um, but he says since the tweet or the time of the tweet, it's now three sources. The third source said uh, the broader range. Uh, was of course to, from two hundred thousand, but perhaps oh, beyond two hundred twenty-five thousand. All of it, and this is what it comes down to. All is dependent on where the final numbers land in the coming months. Um, but right now, 
they have multiple projections somewhere between 200 and 225,000. So if it's 215, let's say it goes a little over, does 230 or 240 or 250, whatever the fuck. Anywhere from two to two fifteen, you're profitable. You know, profitable part there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, all right, so Portland says you just listen. What's up, Josue? Out there in Portland. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just saw some really ignorant shit. You know. <laughs> Okay, 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 fine. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about this. So, so, and this is what I this is just so easy to like. This is boxing Twitter, basically. Um, according to boxing, right? This is just a, you know, a little preview of what he tweets, right? Um, he's talking about, you know, Spence fans would create an excuse that it was a good fight just to protect Spence from getting knocked out, they could announce Leo Santa Cruz versus Spence. You know, it's like, come on, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, you know. Anyway, Michael Williams Jr. Jr. is the new replacement for the Hank Lundy, which who had been replaced for even Red Catch. This is Jake Donovan. Uh, BLK Prime, still the 25th. He's fighting Michael Williams Jr. I think he got pretty much, you know, pretty much handled. Uh, I think it was on ESPN, if I remember correctly. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. I don't really give a shit. Um, Okay, here it is. Ring IQ breaks down why Spence fans are celebrating for the Thurman and how Danny Garcia did everything possible to avoid the Crawford fight. The plan was always to avoid you know, and, and not let Crawford beat him, right? And it's funny because see how he did that. He did everything to avoid him. That's what he says, Danny Garcia. And in the video, he says they sent Danny a contract. They offered him three mil plus upside of the pay-per-view. They didn't send him a contract. The offer was less than what Amir Khan got, and they were going to do it, you know, in New York, which we know the bigger ticket seller even though Khan does good ticket sales, don't get me wrong, and that, that did a good gate, but it would do a bigger gate with Danny. But it just, it's funny because one thing he doesn't mention is Porter had just beaten Danny Garcia, right? But they did call, they called Angel Garcia. They admitted that they didn't, they didn't send uh, Al Heyman or contact Al Heyman. They just called uh Angel Garcia. But then, the, you know, both of them basically had fights scheduled. And if you don't believe me, like I said, these are just facts, okay? Or at least reported stuff coming out of the people that, you know. I mean, this is from, this is from Top Rank. This is Ring TV. You know. They, it says Top Rank wanted Terrence Crawford, Danny Garcia pay-per-view in March 2019. It started out, was it April? Is the ultimate, was it April where they actually, him and Khan fought? I think it was. I think it was. But here, here's, here's you know, Todd DeBuff and Carl Moretti. <laughs> Some of the main guys in charge over there. 
okay? This is, this is what they said to the press. It wasn't about contracts. It wasn't about that. Okay, this is what he said. The offer presented by Moretti during a phone call to Angel. Okay, so, so setting a contract and negotiating with Al Heyman, his manager, is different than just calling Angel, right? So, you know, got the $3 million guarantee plus an upside if there is some on the pay-per-view, right? So he said, this is Moretti. He said, which, who's been in the business a long time, working for top rank in general. Uh, it was a total professional discussion. He said he would discuss it with Danny. We never heard back. Uh, I appreciate, you know, him taking the call, and the door's always open. Absolutely, right? Now, this is where the facts come out. So when you say Danny did everything not to fight him, Moretti says he spoke to Angel two and a half weeks before an April 20th bout with Granados was announced, okay? So he said, oh, he fought Granados instead of fighting Crawford, okay? This is what Moretti said. He said, um, that means it's likely that Garcia and Granados already had an agreement in place when Moretti and Angel had chatted. So it's like, dude, he had a fight, okay? And DeBuff, Todd DePuff, the stepson of, uh, I think it's stepson of uh, Bob Arum, says they considered offering a fight to Keith Thurman and Sean Porter, both who have, who had beat Danny Garcia. But there were obstacles. You know, Thurman hadn't competed in almost two years due to the injury with the elbow in the hand. And, you know, and he was January 26th. He was fighting Jose Cito Lopez. And then Porter who had just beaten Garcia, he had had a lined-up fight with Ugas, because remember, Ugas was his mandatory. So, to sit there and say, you know, Thurman ducked it, even though that $10 million offer was bullshit from, from their side, and they never followed up on it, they never talked about negotiating or nothing, but Thurman said, I never asked for shit. Nothing was offered to me. Um, so I'm just, I'm literally, this is, these are some of the top rank, top ranked, right, employees. So this is their mouth. He's saying, oh, Danny ducked the fight every which way. What? He already had a fight, dude, because remember, that was that first year of the Fox deal with BBC, and they had that big schedule where they, uh, they had him in, was it in that theater? And they had all those fighters on the stage and shit. So, yeah, he was, he already had a fight, dude. And they were okay. They didn't say he was ducking. But this guy says they tried to, Danny Garcia just wouldn't fight him. It's just like, shut the fuck up, dude. It's just, that's what I'm saying. And I, this is, listen, everyone's got to do what they got to do to get likes and retweets and, you know, followers and, uh, you know, and, and views to your YouTube channel. But come on, dude. Ring IQ is so over the top with misinformation about the PBC. He's up there saying... Danny Garcia didn't want it at all. He did everything he could. He says, oh, then he took this fight after. That shit was already probably signed, dude. So it just, it's just, but then these mother effers were celebrating uh, that, you know, hey, Crawford's smart for taking this uh, Avenesian fight. Um, 
Is Adrian Broner's career being sabotaged by the higher powers, basically Al Heyman? Because, you know, two two of these fighters, uh, you know, fell through. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you look at Hank Lundy, he's doing business with Joe DeGuardia. Okay? Anybody that know, and this all comes from Fred. He's another grifter. He used to be the most over-the-top pro-PBC guy, way over the top. PBC fanboy to the max. Then all of a sudden he got in a fight or whatever you want to dust up with uh, Kenny Porter. Then all of a sudden he wasn't allowed, you know, he got his press pass taken away. Then he was anti-PBC. That's what the dude does. He's a grifter, dude. There's a lot of them. But, yeah, I mean, red catch was doing business with the Guardian, dude. So, yeah, there was some shaky shit in there. But Hank Lundy had signed something that he was going to fight on this card. And then he pulled out, probably for more money, you know, to fight Broner. And that got all mixed up, and he had to, he's not on the card now. But they're saying Heyman is blocking Broner. It's the same people that say, why is why is, Bro- why is Heyman and Showtime putting Broner in a main event? For years, people have been saying that. And I understand what they're saying. I get it. His popularity is not what it used to be. And, you know, he doesn't take boxing serious. He's got some out-of-the-ring problems, obviously. But now they're like, no matter what Broner says, I'm going to listen to him. You know? And it's funny because Lefty, Lazy Lefty, made the, you know had this tweet where they had Hank Lundy giving credit to Heyman for helping him be in camp, you know, putting a little money in his pocket. Like, it's just, it's just funny, dude. It's just narrative. By the way, um, this is YSM sports media. Um, Samson basically denies Michelle Riviera was hospitalized uh, for the fight. It was misinformation from the father. Someone said that to me. Yeah, I think we went over that too. Pretty sure we went over that. Okay. So boxing Twitter stuff. Uh, then we'll get out of here. Well, this is kind of that. Tyson Fury has said, hey, if, if I can't get Alexander, if I can't get this fight signed, I'll fight uh, in Ghana. Boxing match in a cage, Mike Tyson's star referee in four-ounce glove. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That's really funny. Um, and, yeah, people did say uh, – the, the back to those pay-per-view numbers because someone just messaged me. Back to the pay-per-view numbers as far as Gervonta. Um, boxing scene is owned by, you know, uh, Paramount plus Viacom CBS, right? Whatever. I mean, that's uh, Paramount is owned by Viacom CBS, which is a publicly traded company, right? Subject to SEC requirement. And this is actually John tweeting it, and they – they do own boxing scenes, so why would they to shut down Twitter boxing trolls? You know. And actually, Joe Abib says, you know, TBS is a publicly traded company, and they cannot lie about numbers, data, etc. They are tied to financial information. Please do not believe people who tell you otherwise. Okay. So, and the big thing is because you know they always need an angle. These grifters, and we see this in politics as well. You always need an angle 
to get your bullshit stuff across, right? And they said it was boxing scene staff. Nobody would put their name on the pay-per-view. But, you know, Idick and Jake Donovan, and I think others, have put their name on it before. But, yeah, it, it, their name wasn't on it. But there's plenty of other sources. So, so Glazer's right, then? Like, it, it just, it's just stupid. Dan Raphael, multiple people, and I just said Al da- Dawson, who doesn't have a, you know, doesn't have a, a known tie to this stuff. By the way, according to uh, No Smoke Boxing, Lewis, shots out to the UK here, Newcastle, February 25th, Lewis Ritson and O'Hara Davies. Kind of a throwback there. Um, Zhang, that uh, Chinese heavyweight, Joe Joyce and Zhang are going to fight in April 15th in London for the interim WBO. That's a banger, dude. That is a good ass, just a banger. Actually, somebody sent me this uh, Japanese sports newspaper, and it had a, a full page with NUA and, and talking about NUA Fulton and stuff. So that's pretty dope, dude. I, for one, did not realize just how big of a star he was there financially. I really didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's that's awesome, dude. And that that's the type of stuff that gets you, you know, the fight. But here here is uh, – you know, you get to pay opponents a lot. Um, okay, so okay, Rick Glazer on Inua Fulton. This is three days ago before it got you know announced that it's getting finalized. Do not even think about the fight. It doesn't look promising, does it? Spurk. Al Heyman. If Fulton didn't have Al Heyman, uh, Fulton would say, "How much is the fight? I'm fighting that motherfucker." Right? Well, he still has Al Heyman, and you know. Fighters in certain scenarios can put their foot down and say, you know what? I actually want this fight. It's a big money. I, I heard he's getting $3 million, which at 122 is huge money. You know, that's huge. Uh, here's Jimmy Simp. Isn't Fulton in the Al Heyman protection program? He's he, he's going to let Fulton go to Japan to get iced by Inouye? <laughs> I see. Oh, so that's what he said after, but this is what he said before. I see a bunch of in-house PBC fights. Do you think Heyman allows Fulton to go to Japan? And then, he, then it, when he heard rumors of it, he's like, oh, he's going to get iced. He's not, he's, he still didn't believe it. He'll get iced now. Um, Heyman won't make Spence and Crawford. Y'all really think he's going to make Fulton in any way? Pass me the shit you're smoking. <laughs> he said, so this is Chris Strait, thought Heyman was running from MJ by Moving Fulton up, it's clear now. It's anyway he's moving. No, Figueroa and him fought. Tight-ass fight. Figueroa went up to 126. Fulton was willing to go to 126 to fight Figueroa for the rematch. But to sit here and say that Heyman and Fulton were running from MJ, MJ had a fight, you know, Delayed because of injury, but he has a fight already signed. See, all these dudes are just grifters, dude. Um, if Fulton, th- oh yeah, same dude, Chris Strait. If Fulton thinks he's getting anyway without beating MJ, he's dreaming. MJ is an easier fight for the monster, easier to sell in Asia. Heyman has no one else anyone cares about at 122, 118, or even 126. 
but that's never stopped him from ruining careers with exclusively before or with exclusively before. It's just like, dude. I mean, we had multiple fights with with Wilder Fury. Uh, we actually have had some fights with Golden Boy Heyman fighters, some with top rank. Now they're not huge names, but they they existed. Not too long ago, we had Crawford Porter. We have uh, we have uh, Gervonta Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia said he signed the contract. They're not on. Uh, is 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 he signed to Al Heyman? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Now Fulton and Inouye, like, how about both sides work? It can't. Why is it always Heyman? That's what's so funny. But yet, look, dude, you know, like, he's making some fights, dude. He's making some fights. So anyway, um, he knows Heyman isn't going to let, you know, so this other dude isn't going to let fight anyway. He ain't letting him go over to ESPN, better yet overseas, for a career-high payday. The monster isn't going to accept net pay to fight Fulton. Okay, yeah, so that was kind of a weird, didn't make sense, though. This is, uh, oh, God, this guy. Stephen Fulton, and this is what I mean right here. It's perfect. Stephen Fulton is picking anyway before he settles into the weight, which is why this is a cherry pick to me. <laughs> and then, actually, uh, this is one of the funniest Martin uh, Martin Molokai. It says, <laughs> calling anyway a cherry pick is like calling Fury a, wa- a wallflower. It's like, come on. Now, now some people always ducking Figueroa. Oh, he must be ducking Figueroa now too. Well, he's fighting a, a, one of the best pound for pounds. You know, this is a funny line. Y'all think Fulton asked for approval over expenses? They shot at butt there. Um, and basically, that only Snatch guy says or Sanch guy says we bullied him. We bullied Fulton. Fulton, so bullying works. You know. Here's another one. Fulton is ducking a fully hydrated Figueroa to fight a Bantamweight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone just – what about Ortiz and Stanonius? That's another one. That Stanonius, PVC, he's tied to him. He's going over to the zone to fight Ortiz. That's another cross fight. So, you know, you can't just say – is so one-sided because that's the thing about narratives. Once the narrative goes away, you can't keep going back to it. Now, of course, they can, right? They can and they do, but it, it's just so fucking funny. It's it's just it's just narrative, dude. Just narrative. <laughs> oh man, so so now Fulton's ducking Figueroa to fight who many people think is the number one fighter. Right, it's like saying Canelo is ducking Benavidez or Charlo because he he's fighting Bivol, bro. <laughs> One more thing, this is from Lefty. Since Fulton was a prospect, he's wanted all the smoke. Anyway, put in his contract that he only wants all the smoke, and that is true. He was like, "Hey, I want to be undisputed this year. I want to fight three times this year, and I want it now." Now I don't know if he'll fight three times, but hey. Never doubt my mind that this fight would happen, even if Fulton faced Fig. Uh, both it's both these guys' nature to only want the best. The pattern has always followed them. Exactly.
Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, here's another one. So, Hector Garcia said he was told Gervonta's team planned the fight between Russell and Meat. So, he would have obviously had to use Meat there because, you know, him and Russell didn't get along. But, you know, if you look at how that fight was going, it actually probably helped them. But both fighters, you if, if one side got hurt from it, you can't say, well, it only hurt him. Because didn't he get a little shook up even before that happened? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, I think that's about it. That's about it. So hopefully we get some more fights announced. Like I said about the Showtime announcement with PBC, right? They probably didn't want to announce five pay-per-views in one schedule release. So they had the Gervonta fight in January. Two months later, they got the the March 25th fight. That's a pay-per-view on Showtime. So those are all that, those are announced. Uh, they're actually figure isn't shit isn't Figueroa doesn't he have a date? Uh, I think Figueroa has a date, if I'm not mistaken. Is it March third or March fourth? I can't remember now. I think he's got a date. I'm pretty sure. My point is, um. So they have their they have their January happen. They you know they had their March they had their February. Now they have their March stuff pretty much scheduled. So I could see why you wouldn't want to release a schedule that has five pay per views in it. We already know there's a bunch of pay per views coming, right? At least this year they seem to be at a higher quality. I mean, Plant Benavides was a high quality shit. Say what you want, but Garcia was in that fight with Tank. I mean, that was a close fight. Whatever. Um, Plant Benavides, Wilder Ruiz, Spence Thurman, Ryan Garcia, Tank. Those are better pay-per-views, right? <laughs> better than uh, Thurman Barrios, right? Better than uh, Crawford Avenesian, right? Better than uh, Ortiz and uh, uh, Martin, right? So um, that's probably what it was. Hopefully, hopefully they're going to announce it sometime between the conference final and that two-week break for Super Bowl. I say hopefully because I just want it out, right? I know so many of the fights, but it's like this is what Showtime does, and everybody's so happy when the schedule's out. But like I said, it closed really shitty last year, right? The boxing did. So we're just looking for good news. Well, we've gotten a, for a variety of good news of late. I will say that. A variety of it. I mean, we've gotten some pretty damn good news of late. If you look at the schedule, I mean, we hear about stuff, um, you know, about to be finalized. But there, there's some good, there's some interesting matchups coming up, man. There really is. I mean, even Amanda Serrano and Erica Cruz that night, Olga, uh, um, Alicia Baumgartner, take you know that's isn't that undisputed because there's a vacant title. Ray Vargas, Oshaki Foster. I mean that's Sabril Matias and Jermaine, uh Jermias Ponte, dude. That's a banger. Lee Woods, Mauricio Lara. 
That's a banger. That's a good ass fight, dude. Um, what else? Oh, Maxile. That's what it is. March fourth on Showtime. Mark Maxile Figueroa. That's a good fight. That's good. No, I'm not saying it's awesome. And then the week after, which I assume will be on Showtime. I'm not sure though. Tim Zoo and Tony Harrison, dude. That's a that's a banger. I mean, come on, dude. You know, even uh, Robiski Ramirez against Isak uh, Isak uh, Isaac Dogbo. That's a good fight, dude. So Jermaine Franklin. I like Shakur's. You know, I think Shakur's fight is a good uh, good opponent considering. Bam Rodriguez in April, April eighth against Christian Gonzalez. That's a good fight. Like, and we haven't even had the big release for Matchroom or Showtime yet. And, of course, there's other rumored fights out there. But this shit's starting to come together. Let, let's not act like this shit ain't coming together. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, what what do you guys think about that? The, um, the Jermaine Franklin fight. Because it's not 100% finalized, but it does sound like O2 Arena. The zone pay-per-view, April 1st. Now, I hope it's not the zone pay-per-view here. I-, I doubt it. But, I mean, he was in a competitive fight with Dillian White. He went the distance. I don't mind this fight. I mean, the dude just, you know, I really don't mind this fight at all. I don't. I really don't. I- I- I'm-, I'm totally fine with it. I-, I don't, I don't, I think that's just fine for me. I, I do not, I mean, Anthony Joshua is coming off of two back-to-back, you know, Usyk fights, Usyk fights. And if people are going to completely dog this fight, which you know people are going to anyway, but, you know, some of those same people are the one that said, hey, dude, you know, take a, a, a little bit lighter of a touch, dude. This guy's not a chump. He just had his first loss, competitive loss. Some people thought he maybe he, he should have. I don't know. As far as, you know, the scorecards. But in the last few years, Usyk twice, Andy Ruiz twice. I mean, come on, dude. Like, this is a, this is a fine fight. I, I don't mind that fight at all. I don't know what people are saying that's a shitty fight. I just disagree. I disagree with you. I think it's a the fight. It is what it is. I'm not saying it's awesome. But, yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I suppose I can make, I can go to boxing season real quick just to see. Because sometimes it's the worst, man. You, you get off, you get off the show and all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh shit, dude. That fight just popped off. You know, that's exactly what happened to me last show. I saw that anyway, Fulton. It's like, oh shit. But anyway, um. So, yeah, we got an interesting weekend to an extent. Like I said, look out for that co-feature. I know it's the little guys. It's smaller than featherweight. <laughs> it's smaller than, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a little guy's fight, but that's a pretty, much, a pretty damn close. It's a close fight. I'm not going to say 50-50, but it feels like that. Floyd Schofield, Alberto Mercado, the good, you know. I hope we get to see more of uh, Floyd. He's been active uh, with the zone. I'm saying, like, more rounds. 
I, I hope he gets some good rounds here. That that would be very helpful. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think I covered it all. Enjoy the fights. Um, hopefully be back next Tuesday. I think my schedule, like I said, is turning the corner now. So uh, we'll see. Anyway, enjoy the fights. Be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight four or five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. That will show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth of, 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 of what I deserve. Why? Because I'm the world champion.